And welcome back to Cornbread Crumpets and Football. Today it's myself, Dan, joined by Adam. What's up? Hello, how's it going? All good. So it's a Liverpool-dominated podcast today. The Arsenal and the Man U guys are busy. But we're going to be talking about Game 2 of uh, Week 2 of games for the English Premier League. Give our feedback on that, and we're going to highlight a few teams in specific. But overall, Adam, how was your game-watching experience this weekend? I don't like the Monday game, by the way, for Liverpool. Don't like that. As in, you don't like it on a Monday night, or you don't like it for Liverpool? I don't themselves. like it for Liverpool. Yeah, for yeah, Liverpool. We didn't have a single Monday night game last season. We've got two back-to-back this season already. Yeah. Um, I quite like the Monday football. I like coming home and watching football. Good Monday night. Um, I watched quite a lot of football, actually. Started off, was at, was out on Saturday, but we were, we were in a pub for the, for the um, majority of the Everton-Aston Villa game. And then managed to then find another pub in the afternoon to watch the United-Brentford game, which was brilliant, which I'm sure we'll come on to. It's probably one of the reasons why Luke isn't on the podcast this week. Yes. Um, and then, yes, and then again, Sunday, watched Forest-West Ham. Really good game. Forest looked really good um, for a team that have just got promoted and great atmosphere at their stadium, obviously. Um, like, I'm not sure if you've heard of Nottingham Forest being like new into football, but... Like they're quite a big historic club. Like they've they've won European titles. They were mm. they were massive, and they're one of the teams similar to the Leeds situation where they got relegated, and it took them so long to finally come back up. And now they're back. The the owners starting to spend a lot of cash. Like they've bought quite a lot of players. I believe they've got about seventeen new players. Um, and I think that's what I said in, in the first week. They were my t- one of my suggestions that could possibly go down, which I still think might happen because it was their first home game. So I expected a performance, but yeah, they've they've really um, made a lot of changes and improvements. And Neko Williams is brilliant. Obviously, they bought him from Liverpool. And was never going to get in Liverpool first team because of Trent, but yeah, he's looking really good. Um, and then yeah. Chelsea, Tottenham. Sorry. Well, real quick on on Forest, they have Taiwo Awanee. And I was a big yep. fan of his because he was in the Bundesliga and he would kill it with FC Union Berlin. And he was actually loaned out from Liverpool. And then and he, can he never couldn't, get a permit. couldn't get a permit. And then he finally got it. And now he's on Forest and he had, he had the only goal. So good yep, for him. Yeah, there you go. Uh, quite yeah. a funny guy if you, you see it. Kind of didn't really mean it, but, you know, he'll take it. And then, um, but yeah, and then on to the Chelsea-Tottenham game, which was... Uh, like a classic game of football, which we we're starting to get more and more of now. I've noticed, and and as the refs are actually getting more lenient, we're starting to get more rough games. But it's brilliant to watch, and it was just two managers full of emotion. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet with the the Conte Tuchel handshake at the end. Did I did see that? What do you yeah, think of that? that? Oh, brilliant! It's everything like that I love about one of the things I love about football is that emotion and that coming out between the managers like you just it it just shows how much like it does mean to to certain managers and to players when they get that hyped up for a game like where like the will to win um and it was a really really good game for Chelsea played really well but Tottenham were able to stick in there and get away of a draw and then and then sat down last night to watch Liverpool thinking I was in really high hopes. I worked with a mate of mine um, that's a Palace fan. I was sort of being very cocky that we were going to smash them. And then, yeah, what happened, happened. I'm sure we'll come on to it shortly, but 
not the greatest start to the season. No, Liverpool. not the greatest. Yeah, not the greatest. Two draws, and uh, some people are panicking. I, I'm seeing. I, I'm still on the mindset that it's early, but it's not good. We have a lot of injuries, and you know Darwin's red card didn't help anything. But you know, hopefully, he learns from that mistake because it wasn't that bad. But still, all he had to do was walk away, and then he would have been fine. So. I feel like he kind of got baited into that and he, he they made him look like kind of like a fool, but hopefully he he comes back from that. You think he will? Oh yeah, definitely. He's I mean, he's young, he's he's made a mistake. Um like he was getting wound up and he allowed himself to get wound up. I think when you sort of look at Klopp and Milner's interviews after the game, it's very much like don't worry, he he will learn. He's gonna get he would he would have had the massive bollocking from Klopp, which would have then turned into a, a talk. Um maybe not today, but tomorrow, because I think they have a day off like a day after the game. But I'm sure Klopp's gonna sit him down, talk to him. He's still a young man, growing, developing. Um, and he'll come back with a point to prove. However, he's gonna now Klopp, I don't think will so he's gonna miss three games at minimum. Um, so United, Bournemouth, Newcastle, I believe, which if it is three games, because it could get extended, it could be uh, stretched out to five games. But then if it is three games, his first game back will be the the Merseyside derby. And I think whether it was or wasn't, whether, whatever team would have been, but especially if it being against Everton, I think it's going to now take a while for Nunes to get back into that starting lineup. I think yeah. Klopp's now going to, he's going to have to get that trust back and, and slowly start to work at it. Uh, which is a shame because I think we saw against Man City in the Community Shield. We saw against 30 minutes against Fulham last week when he came on and there were th- signs of it up until he got he got his red card. Like there were some, the runs he makes at the moment, the finishing still needs to improve, I think. I think he, he needs to get that. And I don't know whether that's one where he needs a game where he just scores a goal, scores two goals and it clicks. But some of the finishing at the moment is not as as clinical as, as you expect it will become. But the runs he makes are so intelligent and so good that he will get so many chances. It's just a shame of how it went. But the one thing is now what he's done, which Klopp is probably most worried about, is that he's let every Premier League defender know that I can get wound up easily. Yeah, so it wouldn't right. surprise me now. Defenders do that all the time to all strikers, but it wouldn't surprise me now if that's what they... Um, used to see it when Diego Costa was in the Premier League, another player I loved. He, they would wind him up because they knew they could get a reaction, mm-hmm. and the refs at the same time would also be looking for it now. Because once they, similar to when a, a player gets uh, branded a diver, the refs look out for it more. So he mm-hmm. has to be careful. He's going to miss three games. He's probably not going to be thrown straight back into the starting eleven. He's going to have to work his way back in, but. It's all part of developing a young player. Yeah, just comes at a bad time. You know, we can't really afford this. Yeah, with a lot Jota, of injuries. Jota. Yeah, when's Jota coming back? Do you know? Um, I'm not so. I I believe he's started to train again. I, I I don't think he'll be involved in the United game. He might. Firmino might be back for then. Um, but otherwise, it looks like it's going to be a front three of Diaz, Salah, and probably he might even chuck Carvalho in there. And have that as a front three. I thought was decent when he came on. Diaz was after we went down to ten men. Diaz like almost there are there are certain games where players something goes against the team and you get a certain player stands up and says no, I'm not going to allow it to happen. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what he done, like he done last night. We we went down to ten men. He just thought, I'm not going to allow us to to lose this game. And and he is the re- he's like the sole reason we got that point because of a brilliant goal. Took around, I believe it was seven players he beat, and then a lovely finish. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen was, him do that so many times. That yeah, was an phenomenal. incredible shot. Yeah, yeah, and we've really seen him was. do that so many times where he <clears throat> dribbles past four or five players, and then the finishing lets him down. So again, if that's something he's improved on in preseason, which I imagine it is, he's going to be devastating um, moving forwards. But I thought, you know, against Fulham, Liverpool were bad. This game, they weren't bad. There was a definite reaction. You know, they Palace had one counter attack, and fair play to Palace, they went there with a game plan to have Zaha up top to soak up pressure and to get us on the counter attack. They soaked up pressure for thirty-five minutes whatever time the goal was, and then they countered us with one counter-attack and Zaha clinical finish, brilliant, 1-0. Um, so, yeah, they went there with a game plan. They they executed it very well, and, and they got out of Anfield with a point, which I'm sure they'll be very happy with. Hopefully they can do it next week when they have... Oh, sorry, they've got Villa next week, which I think they'll, 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 they'll beat Villa at home, and then they move on to Man City, which we hope they can execute the same sort of plan. I feel like Crystal Palace always gives Man City some problems. They're yeah, always the, hard to play. Vieira really is. I mean, I was singing their praises all of last season. Vieira's really turned them around. He's turned the whole philosophy of a club around from sort of aging players with just relying on Zaha, very defensive. And they were very defensive yesterday, but they were because of who they were playing. But now, apart from sort of when they're coming up against the the big teams where they need to be that defensive, but also clinical at the other end there, they can also take it to teams and they can hold their own. And I thought Eze again was another brilliant player. They've got so many good young players, even though they've lost Gallagher, Zaha, not young anymore, but Zaha, Eze and Elise, uh, you know, two great players coming up through the ranks. And um, I thought Anderson was, was really good as well. I think he's a really good defender. He's got really good distribution. And he just looks like a calm, collective, you know. But he's he's one that I think won't be at Crystal Palace for too many years. I think there'll yeah. be there'll be clubs that will come interested in him, whether whether it's a club like United, once they realise Maguire um needs to go, or 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 a team like Chelsea, you know, Tiago Silva's and Aspel Equator are two aging players. They've brought Kuda Bali, another player, um, in their thirties. So I think that they'll start to look at um, other defenders. I mean, he's Anderson. I think I believe he's a, he's turned twenty six a few months ago, so he hasn't even hit his prime yet. So I think that is one to watch out for as well. Okay, what? How is how is Zaha still there? That doesn't make sense to me. How no one's tried to scoop him up? Well, Arsenal did. Um, few when when Emery was manager, um, he really wanted him. And they went to Palace and they put a bid down and just Palace kept driving the price up and said, no, this is how much we want. That's 70, 80 million. And, and Arsenal turned around and went, no, we don't value him. And then they went and bought Pepe, which mm-hmm. hasn't turned out very well, but, you know, hindsight. Um, so, you know, obviously he, he moved to, he, he moved um, back to Man United when he, when he was young, it didn't quite work out. Went back, he's gone back to Palace has become their, their talisman. And I think it's got to a point now where he's he's getting too old for for any clubs to make that big money move on him. I think there's possibility of, you know, you won't see a Chelsea or Arsenal 
or Liverpool City won't sign him now because I think Palace will still want a hefty fee. But possibly over the next few seasons, when you look at Newcastle as they're improving, maybe want to spend a bit of money, get a, a well-known Premier League player. That could be someone. But there was even talk of Roma, him going to John Mourinho in Italy. Really? So, yeah, yeah, there was. I mean, never materialised, but, you know, that's a sort of move... I'd like to see him at another team. I'd like. I'm, I, I do enjoy watching Palace, and I think it's great what he's done for them. But it'd, you know, it'd be nice to see him in the Champions League to see really what can he do because he seems yeah. to be a, a lot of talent. And not that it's wasted, but you know, you do want to see these top players at you know other top clubs competing at the the other end. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, it would be nice to see him. Um... With with something like that, like Champions League matchup or something like yeah. that, that'd be that'd be cool. And yeah, it just makes me wonder why it never happened. But that does make sense. So. Yeah, I think Palace just priced him out. I mean, he's he's going to turn thirty this year. So again, he's not he, you know thirty is an old, but it's the point where a club turns around and goes, "We're probably not prepared to pay sixty, seventy million for you." That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, what did you think about Arsenal winning again? And the the only two managers that have got hundred percent records is is Pep and Arteta, which is which is quite for this season, which is quite funny considering um obviously Pep's Pep and then Arteta was his, you know, apprentice. Um yeah, yeah Arsenal look look really strong. Pep, Pepe's um first goal was was beautiful, lovely cold effort. Um I think Arsenal are going to do well this season. I still, there's still a long way to go. It's only two games into the the, the season. That's why I don't get hesitant, uh, don't get carried away. But they'll be in and thereabouts with the top four title push. No, like it's it's far too early. They haven't got the squad depth still to compete at a title level. The Europa League is going to be starting in a, in a few weeks' time. The Carabao Cup's going to be here, and then in January time you have the FA Cup. And you expect them to get through the group stages of the of the Europa League, if not finish third and go to the Conference League. So there's going to be a lot of games, and I just don't think they've got the squad with a few injuries, like we saw um, the back end of last season. As a few injuries could de- derail them. Obviously, they've sort of shored up in a few areas with with Zinchenko and, and Tierney, but Tierney's quite injury prone, so Zinchenko's going to get a lot of game time there. Um, and then and then Jesus, you know. If he was to get injured, you hope he doesn't. You think who is then going to feel they've got Nketiah, but can Nketiah, if he had to play four or five games, we saw towards the end of last season, um, you know, sort of the Newcastle game, especially, and, and the Tottenham game, they need someone to step up and they didn't have that there. So they're looking really good. They're playing some nice football. Sat Saliba, although he scored an own goal. I think he's looking quite promising. He's going to be quite a good player this season. I do think that aiming for top four is where their ceiling is, and I don't think a title push will, will happen. What, what about yourself? What, what's your gut feeling telling you on Arsenal? Uh, I think they're good. I do think they're good. But I uh, I don't know if they have I, – I don't know if they're ready to truly make a title push this year. But I I do think they're good and they're they're impressing me and I think uh, Gabby was a great signing for them and I think it's working out already you know he had a brace last game and Arteta knows how to use them so it was a really smart really smart signing and I think that they could even go out and bolster their roster even more maybe in the January window 
We'll see. But I think they're they got tons of potential, and maybe next year would be the year they go for it all. But I expect them to be in the top four all all year long. I, I really do. I, I, I think it will be. I think they'll they'll start strong, but they'll start to want again like. Like I said, with West Ham, West Ham did do it towards the end of the season. Once that Europa League kicks in, you then start to see actually what this because because over over a 30, 38 game week season with all European games chucked in and cup games chucked in, it's not just about the starting eleven, right? If if it was you know if it was each team starting eleven first team starting each week, then you know you'd you'd probably say Arsenal are actually a, a clear top four team, probably with them Spurs and Chelsea all fighting for third and fourth but you know they're going to have to rotate they're going to have to make do with injuries I maybe compare it to when I look at Liverpool now Liverpool have got a lot of injuries at the moment but they've had decent squad depth that although don't don't get me wrong we miss Thiago we miss Jota we will we'll get by two draws I know but there's reasons for that but whereas you look at Arsenal if Arsenal were to get six seven injuries then what happens mm-hmm. so that's where where you know my thoughts are on Arsenal that they're looking really good Arteta's they've given him the time they've given him the money he's done some really good recruitment although I, I've said before I don't think Zinchek is a brilliant player he is a good player and what him and uh, Jesus bring is that winning mentality and I mm-hmm. think that's what so I don't know if you've been watching the all or all or nothing Arsenal documentary. I I need but, to. Is it good? Yeah, it's, it's you know for obviously they're only going to show you what Arsenal want you to see. But no, no, it's it's decent. It's it's you know the best we're ever going to get in terms of behind the scenes. Apart from Sunderland till I die, that's probably the best. That's one a great one. Wrexham Wrexham um, is coming out soon. Wrexham Wrexham is coming out. That'll probably be a bit more Hollywood. Um, yeah, maybe. But no, so. What you can tell, and it's what Klopp done at Liverpool when he first joined through a few of the years, starting to get rid of certain players and starting to get that culture. And that that what what was clear on the All or Nothing documentary and what you can see from even the signings is Arteta's not just signing good players, he's signing people that fit the culture of the club and the mentality he wants. So signing Jesus and Zinchenko, some people might turn around and go, well, they're Man City rejects, but they're actually they're coming with that winning mentality. They've been at Man City where when Man City go into a season, they expect to win every trophy, be in the latter stages of every competition. And they're bringing that to the other players at Arsenal and it becomes infectious. So I think as well as bringing in yeah, someone like Zinchenko that is a, a good player, not brilliant, I don't think, but he, the mentality is brilliant, is of a top level player. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, you... Lock like players that are valuable in the locker room is is such an asset to have. I mean, it's just like Milner, right? That's why everybody was so happy that he stayed around because he's so big in the locker room. It's like such a massive presence. So you you always need that, especially if if you have aspirations to win championships, win trophies, whatever it is. So yeah, I mean, it, I think it was a heck of a signing for them, both both players. So. They're they're good. I mean, I'm I'm intrigued for when Liverpool plays them. I'm, I'm I'm happy it's not next week. I'm happy we're playing Man U next week because Man U just looks bad. They just look really bad. So you want to talk about them? 
Yeah, they, we... they they fail to. You ne- you you always think this is the lowest, and it's over the last three or four years you've always thought this is the lowest United will get, and then they always manage to to surprise you and get lower and lower. Look, we've spoken about it. We'll speak about it again. Like there, you know, it, it's also how you know that they are one of the biggest teams in in the world. That just every week they dominate the news with with what's happening with that club because it's also how shocking it is of how bad they are. Um I I have some sympathy for for Ten Hag because he's at the end of the day, I, th- I think we said it last week or the week before, they've had the, you know, this squad is basically uh, bar Martinez who started Ericsson and then Manasir, who didn't start, but bar those two players, it is exactly the same team that Oli had with some of the same players that Mourinho had. And I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's probably some of the same players that Van Gaal had as well. You know, and they keep changing manager, but the players aren't changing, the mentality's not changing, the culture's not changing. And it's just it's just a deflated team that seemed to have no there's no leadership. The one leader that was there is there. Ronaldo wants to leave. I don't blame him. He, you know, this is one of the best players in the world. Still, still a phenomenal goal scorer, and he's having to play with what he's having to play with. But also, you know, there's there's a lot of leaks at the moment from the dressing room about how the players are fed up with Ronaldo, fed up with his attitude. But mm. it goes to show where they are as players because. He's he would have gone in there with a winning mentality. Where we need to win every game, we need to do this, that, and they probably don't like it because it, it's showing them for who they are. It, it is bad. It's it's funny from a Liverpool point of view, but it's also, you know, it's it's not nice in a way to see what what can happen to such a club of a massive stature like United. Yeah, and I think I I don't really know where they can can go because. It's obviously, as we've said, it's from top to bottom. Like the, the the ownership is, although they have put a lot of money into the, they haven't put money themselves into the club, but they've spent money. Uh, they've spent money on transfers, but again, they don't have football people at the top making football decisions. So it does, you do start to see that the money they spend, you know, is very sporadic. Like now they can't get De Jong, so they're going after Rabiot. But they couldn't get Rabio, so they're looking at a Kuna from from Atletico Madrid, and it's very scattergun just to try and you know they always talk about making their share price happy, and that's why they signed Ronaldo, and it almost seems like that's all they're focused on. But I guess yeah. from 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 a football perspective, if we were just to look at it from a football from a footballing game, one Brentford were brilliant. They they played United to a team, they pressed them. You could you can see some aspects of what Ten Hag's trying to introduce in terms of the passing out the back. I I'm actually starting to see now that De Gea won't be there. If De, if Ten Hag is there for the long term, De Gea won't be there for very long because he's not a footballing goalkeeper. He's he's a goalkeeper of what you might say the past, but some teams still need that today where, you know, we just want you to save. We don't need you to play this passing out of the back, but Ten Hag, that's how he wants to play. And, you know, De Gea was at fault for the first goal, but that was a goalkeeping mistake. Then then the second goal where he's passing it to Ericsson, who's got a man closing him and, and they win the ball. So, but you can see some elements, but 
what will be interesting to see is if they change that midfield, if they're able to sign a midfielder and get rid of the McTominay Fred uh, midfield and possibly have someone partner with Fred, then it'd be interesting to see if there are improvements because I do think that's where they're they're most lacking is just the midfield is just not good. It can't keep hold of the ball. It can't progress the ball. There's a massive disconnect between defence and defence and, and attack. It, it's just a mess when you when you look at it. And I know we've got them next week and we're not in the greatest moment, but this is this is the thing. A lot of teams take Arsenal, for example, last season. They lost their first three games, but then they did react. Whereas United, it almost feels like there's no reaction. There won't be a reaction next week. Next Monday, if you were just to think, what would a football team do if they've lost their first two games? They've been embarrassed both games by teams they should have beaten. Well, they're going to react next week. They're, they're playing at Old Trafford against their most fierce rivals. They're, yeah, that's going to be, oh, I don't want to go and face them actually, even though they're in a bad form. Whereas actually I'm looking at it thinking, you know what, they're the perfect team that we want to go and play because those players, you know, they almost like they don't care. They're going to go out there. We'll score. If we can score an early goal, their heads will go down and it could be a 4-5 nil. Yeah. I mean, it is the perfect time to play them, especially because like, Ronaldo still wants to get out of there and he still could hypothetically get out of there. So it's not like he has to just put his head down and work at this point. So yeah, they don't scare me right now at all. They're still trying to figure themselves out. They have plenty of holes on midfield and on defense. So, I mean, we don't look great and you know, we're missing now some major players next week. So that stinks, but I would hope that we could get a result out of that game. If it's another draw, Oof, it's not going to be good, especially against Man U right now. Yeah, I, I Liverpool do need to go there and get a win. And I was confident against Palace, but again, I'm confident against. Ugh, we didn't play bad. Liverpool didn't play bad last night. There's just some things went against them that they're self-inflicted. Um, also, when you look at, I believe. The, the most worrying thing from a Liverpool point of view is I think eight of their last 10 games have conceded the first goal. That That's the most concerning thing that we're always having now to come from behind. We're not, we're not going one nil up anymore. We're, we're going one nil down having to come to three one. That's the most concerning thing. But look, I also, I read some stuff. Klopp is rebuilding this whole Liverpool team. Now he's, if if you were to look at it as, as era one, the first Klopp era where he built that team to then go and win the Champions League and Premier League and, and FA Cup and Carabao Cup, that era is almost over. That era is over. A lot of players have left. Some have still stayed with with Henderson, Fabinho, Van Dijk, um, Allison, etc. So there's still quite a nucleus there, but at the same time, he's brought in Diaz, he's brought in Nunes, Carvalho, um, Elliot. Um, Ramsey we were yet to see but a, a young and upcoming player he's brought in these players he will next year bring in a midfielder because he knows he wants to he he wants to bring in Jude Bellingham he can't get him this season but he's starting to rebuild rebuild this team and have its second era Um, so I think it will take time to bed some of these players in but Klopp signed a new deal he's here for the long haul it's not just about this season it's the next few seasons but also at the same time not to get carried away it's only the first two games a lot, a lot can happen there's there's 37 weeks 36 weeks left 
Yeah, it's it's definitely still early enough to not be totally worried, but you know, I we need to get a win. So hopefully Liverpool can get that win this weekend coming up. But uh, any other teams that you want to shout out before we close out this week? And anybody that's yeah, still so surprising we, you? Well, we had. I think we have to mention talk about um, Chelsea and Tottenham. Um, the the game itself. I know we re- I referenced it earlier with the Conte Tuchel handshake, but yeah, a brilliant game of football. Um, Chelsea. I think it's fair to say were dominant. Uh, in terms of possession, in terms of attacks, they they were able to sustain them. They kept the ball well. Reese James played um, amazing. He's at the moment he started this. He ended last season well. He started this season very well, um, especially when they uh, reverted uh, to I think sort of more the the three at the back within the wing backs and and he was really bombing forward. Um, Cucurella looked really good, really solid. Um, with 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 his attacking outlet and and they were, I don't know, they they were robbed the the first goal although there should have been a foul um before the build up the foul didn't happen the first goal fine but the second goal where Romero is is pulling on Cucurella's hair for the corner and then VAR looks at it I'm not sure how they can't give a red card for that because he's literally yanking a player by his hair down to the ground. If it was at the other end, if it's an, the defending doing it against an attacker, then you know there's nine times out of ten it's going to be a penalty. So yeah, if, if I were if I were Harry Kane pops up at the end after a quiet game, um, and then we get we get the handbags between Conte and Tuchel, which I said brilliant. But no, Chelsea played really well actually. I think um, I think their main concern is they still don't have a striker, and I think you could see Havertz missed a missed a really good chance. I thought Sterling, Sterling was okay, but again, he's he great if you can put him next to someone um, like a dominant a, a striker. Not him lead the line himself. I don't think he has that presence to do that. Um, and then with Tottenham, they were able to show a lot of gut and courage and hang on. And you know, Conte's never really going to get embarrassed as a manager, so he'll always have a fighting spirit, and that is translating into the team. So yeah, that's a. I think that's a bigger point for Spurs than Chelsea, which you could sort of tell because I think the Chelsea players guarded while the Spurs players were fairly celebrating. Okay, well, I agree with you there. I think I think uh, both of those teams showed some fight, but I agree that Tottenham uh, worked to get that, but that was definitely a penalty when he pulled his hair. It was a hundred. Well, it was a foul. A foul, it was a foul because right. it was obviously the a, defender doing it to the a, f- but, uh, a foul, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, a red card. It was a red. It should Romero should have been sent off. But you know, thing things happen in football. Who knows why? That's why we all doubt the refs and we all think there's corruption. That's, that's probably not corruption, but there's 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 you know it's it, you, Premier League is meant to be the best league in the world, but the refereeing probably isn't up there. And I feel, because people say this is VAR, VAR, but it's at the end of the day, it's not VAR itself. It's the, the people behind VAR making the decisions. And, you know, there's they need to start marking up the refs. Let's hear what they're saying. I know they're going to start releasing after the game what the refs have said over VAR, so that'll be interesting. 
just to see what these decisions are made. I know Mike Dean, who I believe was on VAR for that game, has been pulled off of next weekend's game, so he isn't doing any refing, any VAR refing. You know, if that doesn't tell you the wrong decision was made, then I don't know what will. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was clear as day, so uh, they had to do something. So it's good that they did something. But, yeah. uh, you know, mistakes happen. It's it's a long season, and, and things are bound to happen like that. So it's unfortunate, but it does happen. I wouldn't go saying everything's corrupt and fixed. I wouldn't jump that far to, to the other side. So just uh, shit happens. People make mistakes, you know? That's pretty much pretty much all you can say sometimes. But hey, <clears throat> overall entertaining start to the season. Little disappointing if you're a red, uh, especially Liverpool menu. It's uh it's not over them. Still early, especially for Liverpool. I think they'll get it together and hopefully we can get a win this week. What are you predicting? Oh, I think yeah, I I'm I'm gonna go with again three or four nil okay. I, I do think generally I, I just can't see a united reaction both teams need to react and from experience clock can get a reaction out of his team we haven't seen seen that from united um so yeah and we we need to get a win because we do need to um you know Two points isn't terrible. Uh, this time, after five games last season, Man City had 10 points. So we can still get 11 points in our first five games. So that shows that don't read into things too early. Um, and City have got a tough game next week. They're going away to Newcastle, who will okay. who have looked really good this season. Really strong. Yeah. Eddie Howe set them up fantastic at the end of last season. And, you know, they're going to want to be putting a statement down. And I don't think that will be an easy game. Um so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Haaland does next week away to away to Newcastle against a a, a stronger defence than um, West Ham had, and then also obviously we we quick, quickly mentioned he obviously he got an assist, but it wasn't such the goal fest that people thought he'd get against Bournemouth. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. I mean, I think he only touched the ball like eight times. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, and so we'll see. We'll see what their strategy looks like. And see if he can get back on the goal on the goal scoring charge. But I think I think Salah will still be there in the end with the golden boot. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I mean, Holland's a very good player. He's a very good player. Yeah. So all right. Good luck to your teams this week. Everyone out there that's listening. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Hit us up on Twitter at Scene Invaders and we'll talk about whatever you want. We guarantee it. So you guys have a great week. Adam, have a good week, my friend. You too. And we'll see you guys next time. Later. See you later. Oh, thank you.